Hi, this is Steve Bowes, and welcome to a very special episode of the HR Happy Hour Show. It's our 500th episode that we recorded live at the HR Technology Conference in Las Vegas. Before we get to the show, of course, we want to thank our friends at Paychex, one of the leading providers of HR, payroll, retirement, and insurance solutions for businesses of all sizes. This wouldn't be possible without the great support of Paychex. Thank you so much to all our friends there. All right, let's take you right to the show. Trish and I are joined by three guests, longtime guests and friends of the show. We had a great, fun conversation and a really good time recording the show live at HR Tech. And I want to thank everybody at LRP for allowing us to record the show there as well. All right, without further ado, let's get to the show. Very special HR Happy Hour show, live from the HR Technology Conference. My name's Steve Bowes. With me, Trish McFarland. Trish, congratulations. This is our 500th podcast episode. How about that? Congratulations, Steve. And we're here in person together. That's tasty. You have no mask. I have no mask. <laughs> we're, Trish, I've been telling people all week about the mask requirement. It is being strictly enforced here at HR Tech, is. which is great. Except when you're on stage, and I've been telling people all week, when you're on stage, you're a performer. And then rules don't apply to performers. So I like that. How about that? I you're like a performer. That. So it's pretty awesome to be here at HR Tech. It is. Doing the live show. We've got some special guests waiting in the wings. Yes, we do. Do we want to just get right onto it? You know what? Let's get right onto it because these three have been with us for the long haul. And so when we thought about the 500th episode, who do we want to spend time with, these three names... First, first in mind. Our first guest is a legendary HR Happy Hour legendary. guest. He's, if he's not the most frequent guest in HR Happy Hour show history, he's right up there. This, this appearance might put him over the top. This is the one. Please welcome our friend Don Weinstein from ADP. Don, <laughs> welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's an honor to be a guest on the 500th show. It's I pretty cool, honest. Don. You're yes. like... Uh, like a, a regular uh, over the years. We've probably been he doing shows with you for eight or nine years. Yeah. I like irregular like maybe, but. Nice. <laughs> for, for like the one or two people who may not know who you are, Don, maybe just uh, tell us who you are, what you do, and, and maybe uh, some of the cool things that are happening with, uh, over at ADP. Sure. Well, you, you, you spilled the beans there, so. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, so I'm change it. Don Weinstein, and, and I have responsibility for uh, global product and technology uh, at ADP. And uh, uh, it's a great place to be. Um, you know, we got like 900,000 clients, so anything we do, you know, we do at scale, and, and we have uh, a lot of impact. That's only about 700,000 more than we have. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's a start. It's a start. So, uh, look, we're, we're excited to be here, and, and, you know, we're grateful that uh, to get recognized at the show with one of the, the top product awards um, for the diversity. How many years in a row, Don? Seven years oh, in a row, God. top product. And true story. And I, I, of course, we're very pleased. Thank you. We were, we were certainly very pleased. So, you know, like many folks, we're, we have a, a WebEx team chat amongst the, uh, uh, our executive team. And as soon as we took the picture, I posted it right in there. And I got congratulations, congratulations, congratulations. And our CEO, Carlos Rodriguez, is like, better make it eight. Wow, um, man. Okay. Carlos Bar. is pretty awesome. I have a great Carlos story. I'm not sure I'm going to tell it on the show, but maybe oh, we, could, we could tell it later. Afterward. But uh, Yeah, great. So it, tell, it's, we're back in person at HR yes. Tech. You've been to many HR Techs. 
How's your experience been over the last couple of days? Well, this is like the first thing I've done in 19 months. So wow. it's, it's been amazing. Like, you know, I used to be like a hardcore road warrior. Right. And, you know, I had all my stuff, the, the luggage. The, I get, on the, I get a, into a meeting. I'm like, I don't have my business cards. I don't have a pen. I'm like, yeah. I'm like back to rookie status. So it's just, just being here. What's, I think it was Woody Allen who said just showing up is half the battle. And right. I think this was like 90% of the battle. It's, it's amazing to be here to see old friends, to make new friends, and uh, you know, we just got to get started. And I'm, I'm, glad we're, I'm glad we're here. Yeah. So the real question is, how does it compare to your living room then? <laughs> really? It, I mean, yeah, it's a lot better than the living room. The, the food service is definitely a, a level up as well. Uh, and uh, yeah, we did, like, the clothes still fit, which was a good sign. Uh, that, was a, that was a shaky moment for me uh, this week, because I haven't worn these suits that I've been wearing in 19 months or so. Yeah. There was, you know, that, that scary moment when you're, you're going for the fasten, if you will, yeah. right? Trying to make that happen, but luckily it did. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Did you have to lie down? And... <laughs> no. I may have to. Never mind. See, women, we have Spanx. You all need Spanx that you wear. Then you wouldn't have to worry about they it. They make Spanx for men. Do they? Oh, well, maybe. Okay, it's not don't, as well, it's don't not give as, Not as well publicized. Okay. All I right. think Spanx for men has a booth in aisle 1800. <laughs> maybe they need to, I thought right? I saw that. They need to. They need to show up for that. Well, good. Well, congratulations on the big win. Thank you. What are you up to? I mean, obviously, I've been by the booth. There's a lot going on over there. A what lot are you going kind of, on. What, what's the most exciting thing for this coming year with ADP? Well, I will tell you the biggest thing that we've done, uh, and it's going to be rolling out in phases, is just a, a massive overhaul of our, of our user experience. And, you, you know, you've been talking about a big theme of the show here is, is employee experience. Yeah, for sure. Right. So um, clearly, you know, in terms of of the remote work or hybrid work world that we're in, obviously it raises the bar. I will tell you, like, you know, we, we've been on the mobile game for a long time. Uh, we've seen the biggest spikes in mobile utilization and mobile adoption of all of our applications uh, forever. And, and, you know, the reason I'm saying is it's a mature product. We first introduced our mobile app in, in like, 2013, I want to say. So it's a mature product. It's, you know, it's got a lot of legs, so you don't get those kind of growth spikes. And I'm sure many other folks have seen it in different parts of their business. So we're completely redoing all aspects of the experience to, to try and really play on a more of a true, true mobile, mobile-first environment. Um, and one of the big things, it was great hearing the keynote uh, this morning, because one of the big things we're doing is embedding in that we'll call the voice of the employee. Yeah. And uh, look, yeah. Marcus Buckingham, I'm excited. He's going to be... Tomorrow morning. Marcus yeah. will be keynoting tomorrow, and he'll be talking about some of the latest... I don't greatest... want to knock Marcus, but he's, he's awesome, and his latest <laughs> research is going to be great. He called for a very early dress rehearsal. So, <laughs> just saying. I was going to say, don't start knocking Marcus. Oh, you I know, love Marcus. Actually, it's good that you mentioned him. We're going to be recording with him right after the event, so we will get a full update to all the listeners, so they won't miss it. They, all right, and then I, won't, I won't spoil it. No, you can give, give a little teaser. How about that? I'll give one teaser, and he'll get mad at me, but he'll get over it. But the the key thing we're doing is sort of productizing the research, right? So Marcus leads our our research institute, so he's doing some really great research, and they did this, the one that they'll be unveiling tomorrow is the HR Net Promoter Score. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the most fascinating things that came out of that was, like, so what is it that, you know, you need to drive a great experience in the eyes of the employees? And, like, the number one answer was, I know who my HR business partner is. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems trivial, but you're like, right. hey, do you know? And it, like all of it, I think does great research, all of it. If you unpack it, it's sort of, it's just so obvious. But until you, until you say it and then you can prove it scientifically right. that it's either HR is this nameless, 
faceless entity that sends out like nasty emails once a month, mm-hmm. or you know, it's it's Steve. <laughs> who, no, I mean, like, like it's who do I turn to? Right. So if I can, yes. if I know who that right here, right, it's my Absolutely. friend, it's Steve, and. And, and that's who HR is to me. Like, my HR business partner is a great guy. His name's Jay Caldwell. And to me, HR is Jay. And if I have a problem, I call Jay. Awesome. And right. that's great. I get great service. Can I get Jay's number? Uh, after the show. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. And, um, but if, if you don't have a Jay and you have a problem, and then where do you turn to? And then you just have some faceless entity. And then it, it just kind of seems obvious. So that was really – and the thing that's great about that is we spend a lot of time about – and a lot of work a lot of us are doing, and, and what's being showcased here at the show is, hey, how do I automate stuff? How do I automate? How do I automate? Which is great. You want to automate everything that absolutely can be automated, but then reinvest that in, okay, so now let's forward deploy a little bit more sure. you know, uh, talent into that HR business partner role so that you, know, you can create more of a connection. And we're, we're in this world now. We're all worried about connection and how do we create you know, that point with the employees, well, let's start with having people, actual people that they can talk to. Not for the basic stuff. Let's automate all of that right. so right. that we can really be there on those moments of, of truth. So great and, and great piece of research. You'll get all the details tomorrow. That's going to be really exciting. It is. But it what is. we've been up to is saying, okay, that's nice research. Now let's turn it into product. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's take the research Let's take those survey questions, let's embed it in our voice of employee, let's put it in this rebranded experience and really try to drive that connectivity between, you know, help our clients between them and their employees as, as being what everybody's worried about, the great, you know, kind of... Uh, All right. Well, so, Don, great to have you back here. Your, your triumphant return to the HR Happy Hour Show. Can you hang with us for the rest of the show? I would be delighted. All right. Because we go. want to make a connection... For Don. All right, let's. He's into connectivity. Trish, why don't you welcome our next guest? I would love to welcome our next guest, a friend of the show for many, many years, Mr. Mike Wood, Director of Analyst Relations and Content Marketing for Jobvite. Mike. Now, we've had Don, who's made tremendous number of appearances on the show. Mike, I believe this is your first appearance on the show. Yes, uh, the D list is getting bumped up. Uh, this uh, time, you should so. see who we asked first. Um, <laughs> kidding. But no, it's great. Um, longtime friend of the uh, program. Yes. And, uh, you know, listen to you guys and see every year. And so this is great to be on with a wonderful company, too. Well, welcome. We're glad to have you. And maybe just for, for the listeners who are going to be hearing the replay here and for our current audience, maybe just give a little bit about who you are. Tell us a little bit about what you do at Jobvite and just kind of the, the overall quick state of the state of the union for you all. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So uh, my name is Mike Wood. I am, uh, I've been in the HR tech space for about 10 years. And um, this is my seventh HR tech conference. Nice. But I am the director of analyst relations and content marketing over at Jobvite. And um, just thrilled to be here and thrilled to see that um, we had all four of our demo stations. Last time I, I uh, stopped by the booth, all four of them were being used. So it's Good. just great to see that the people who are here are here and, and engaged. And so it's just it's it's wonderful to be back in person. And Jobvite, also a top HR product of 2021 yes, winner, right, have, along with ADP. Exactly. And Don's, Don's so, uh, Morgan this Lewin. is the winner's yeah. table. Yeah, this, right. is, <laughs> this yeah, is part right? of the overall winner experience. You get no, I will tell you this, yeah. though. So I got to choose the guests, and I obviously have no idea who the winners are going to be, right? Because that's what he's doing with the conference. It's very cloak and dagger how we, we do that. Isn't that amazing yeah. how, really, these are my winners that we're <laughs> sitting here with, right? And we're going to have a third winner, but 
at any rate. Yeah, so, so I mean, with, with Jobvite, it's been a, a crazy last six months. We have uh, joined forces with Jazz HR and with Next Thing RPO and Terry, Terry Turhawk um, and his team. And so now from employees from one to a million, we're able to service all of their needs. And as we know, recruiters, it's not easy right there uh, out in the market because um, they've had to go lean. They've had to cut things. And now they're uh, they're basically drinking from a fire hose in terms of candidates. So um, our product that won last night, Zero Click Intelligence Sourcing, uh, takes away the numerous amounts of, of hours and resources that you would spend um, trying to source your candidates. It automatically goes through your CRM and gives you the list of top candidates uh, for you. And Really, what we're trying to do is make life a little bit easier for recruiters. Right. Yeah. It was. I. I do all the demos for top products of, of the year, and I remember when I saw zero click intelligence sourcing, I thought, "Man, that's kind of the thing." A little bit like Don, what you're talking about about automating away the tedious stuff, the really low value added stuff, and, and allowing people, in this case, say recruiters, to focus on the higher value stuff, which is engaging one to one with that that top tier of candidate that you're really trying to really understand about them, trying to figure out if they're the right person for for the role, whether they're interested in you, and it helps recruiters do just that. Yeah, and to build off what Don's doing, uh, we are completely redoing the user interface to make things a little bit easier to use for our team. So that will be coming in the next couple of months. But um, it's great. We have uh, our full breadth of services, and uh, we can help recruiters on every stage of the journey. Yeah. I I, I have one more job by comment, if I may, Trish. Sure. It's your show. Is it? <laughs> so, Oddly. To me, Jobvite is always a legendary company in this space because I can remember whatever year. I'm going to guess at the year, 2010-ish, maybe 11, when like social media was finally was starting yes. to take off professionally. Twitter was starting to become a thing. And Jobvite was, I still, I believe this is true, and so what, I'm saying it anyway if it's not true. Jobvite <laughs> was the first company that enabled this share your job on social media. Yes. So you, yep. the, the company would post a, a job posting internally. That is true. And now all the employees could get the information about the job and connect their own personal social media accounts mm-hmm. to share the job out. That does not sound like a big deal now. That was a really big deal way back then. And, like, I couldn't believe it. Like, the first time I saw right? that, I thought, this is the coolest thing ever. It's still pretty cool. But yeah. you, guys, you guys certainly were the first to do it, in my recollection. Well, Madeline's in, nodding. Yeah. We're going to bring her on to <laughs> tell me I'm wrong or right about well, this. Well, even in, so we do, we do a lot of research. And uh, just even, like, the mobile adoption of, uh, you know, texting candidates and whatnot, the real-time communication, mm-hmm. no one is going to wait around for you to schedule uh, a meeting with, you know, a hiring manager or something like that. So we have, like, automatic uh, scheduling, and we try to make it as easy as possible so that the recruiters can actually spend more time talking to the candidates and finding the right fit. I think this is a good time, Trish, since we're talking a little bit about talent acquisition. Let's Let's bring in our go-to expert in talent acquisition, longtime friend of the show, Podcaster on our own, very own she Adventure Happy Hour Network, That's Madeline right. Lorano. Madeline, Madeline from how are you? Research. Madeline. Hi, thanks for having me on. I have to say, I didn't win any awards. I'm a little hurt, Steve. Oh, well. <laughs> I'll give you an award. An analyst award? She wins the best friend award. Oh, oh I like that's, that one. That's, that's nice. Get like a, a nice when emoji they, with they that. Don't you don't win. get awards. Yeah. Yeah. Mike said that's what they give to people when they don't win any awards. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. But so, she gets to be my best friend, Mike. Come on now. All right, there's two people in our vast audience, Madeline, who don't know who you are and what you do. Maybe, maybe tell them. Hi, everyone. I'm the founder of Aptitude Research. I'm an analyst. I've been an analyst for probably the better part of two decades, and focus on all things TA Tech and employee experience. 
Madeline did a great presentation just a couple of hours Thank ago, you. which I attended, on the talent acquisition tech stack. And uh, job, I got a shout out in that presentation, as they I did. recall, right. which was nice. Recruiters so, need love. Yeah. I heard about that. We were actually here recording a podcast, otherwise I would have been in that session. Um, and But you've also had a ton of research coming out lately. I at yes. least want to point people in that direction because while you're an analyst, you're not you know here for a certain product. But if I might, um, you've had three huge reports come out since June, right? June brought the Total Talent Management Key to the Future of Work report. July, the 2021 Conversational AI report. Mm-hmm. And August, the State of High, val- high Volume Recruitment. Yes. Um, as a fellow analyst, I have to tell you, it takes a long time to do the research and actually analyze the data and pull this all together, even for one report. So three, she's a rock star of analysts. I mean, honestly, oh, that's, that's a lot. I get help. For, so. I, get, yeah, so, I get some good help. <laughs> exactly. So if you're listening or if you're here in person, please check out her website because you can get access to any of those reports. Um, to help and we you just redid it today. So new nice. Oh, did you? Nice. Yeah. Okay. So Madeline, in your session, you covered five or six you know, big trends in TA tech. Yep. G- give me one of them here for this audience. Give me one of those five or six you covered today that sure. you think is really important and, and based on the research that you've done recently. Yeah, conversational AI. I mean, I think everybody's interested in chatbots. Everybody's doing conversational AI, but I think there's so much misinformation around it. I think people view this as just a chatbot. And we really tried in the research to show the difference between a chatbot and true conversational AI that takes on the work, that is intelligent, it's omni-channel, and can be used in a very different way. Yeah, I think that's so important, too, for the differentiation because, again, if you're not someone who's deep into this like you are, I mean, I'm not talking about this every day, for example, um, or even some of the people in the audience, I think that's interesting to be able to go and have a resource to find out what are those differences and those nuances so that when they are out there talking with different vendors or if they're considering you know, a, a selection process starting, say, in this next year, they can actually figure out, well, what am I looking at? How can I ask the right questions to determine if it really is conversational AI or is it truly just a bot? Exactly. Right? And I think it's hard to figure out what questions to ask when you're evaluating so many different providers. And I think the other one, and Steve's going to be bored because he just heard all of this, is um, AI matching. And this is such a big topic in TA. I mean, everybody wants matching. Everybody wants to think about how can we, you know, be able to find candidates in a much different way using technology. And there's just a real difference between ethical AI and how we think about being fair and equitable in the process and AI that's just efficiency. It's just we're going to pick up the top 5% and we're not going to question how that's done and who that impacts in a negative way. You know, it's an interesting thing. It it didn't come together in time for the show, but uh, and I'm not sure, Don or Mike, if if this gentleman has reached out to either ADP or Jobbyte, but I had a really long call with one of the new uh, EEOC commissioners fairly recently. And uh, his, they each commissioner, I guess there's five, I believe, EOC commissioners, and each commissioner kind of takes on, like, a, I don't know, an area of interest or a, a project to pursue. And, and uh, in his area, his name's uh, Commissioner Sonderland, I believe, uh, is AI in use by HR organizations and for a- HR processes, certainly, like hiring and matching and, and candidate shortlisting, et cetera. So he's, he's quite curious about it, and I don't know if that's going to translate into regulation. Don's looking at me. He might have a comment on this. Just uh, so we're already seeing some early signs. We haven't met with that particular uh, uh, commissioner yet, but we are seeing some early signs and outreach. We actually started uh, a couple of years ago uh, an AI ethics board uh, for our company, and it's, uh, it's five people, 
including you know two external. So it's our uh, chief privacy officer. Uh, it's our you know internal workplace practices. Our chief diversity officer, and then we have an external legal counsel and an external uh, academic that serve on the board to supervise all the work that we do around AI. Exactly this reason, because to your point, a really good efficient chatbot or, or AI, sorry, uh, algorithm can just make you really, really good at, at reinforcing your biases as opposed <laughs> exactly. to, yeah. So yeah. putting those kind of test mechanisms and actually building them into uh, our AI pipelines. Right. So you've got automated testing happening. It's not something that we're doing after the fact, but it's a really important concept and I, I, I'm glad you brought it up because I don't think enough people are talking about it. Yeah, I love that you have the ethics committee because I think that's so important and I know ADP and the rigor that you put into everything, so I feel like that is just a very thoughtful process where I see a lot of providers go wrong is they create an ethics committee, never meets with the provider, never does anything, never fields any complaints, and it's just there for show versus having what you've done, which is legal counsel, academic yeah. And having um, advisor. The, the externals especially. Yes. Like that was the, the ad probably didn't do in the first instantiation. I was actually at a, it was an accounting conference and we were talking about it and, and they called us out and said, but those are all, believe me, if you've ever met our general counsel, thinking that we're getting off easy by <laughs> Ted's laughing because he knows what I'm talking about, so thank you. But it's like, no, fair point, good feedback, and, uh, and we opened it up and brought in the externals to really keep us honest. Yeah, absolutely. Mike, what about at JobBite? I mean, are you sort of thinking about bias in that way? I'm assuming you are. Yes. What, what uh, well, you have to you have to think about bias because right. if you don't, you're going to run into it, you know, down the line. But right. uh, one of the things that we did uh, earlier this year, I believe in March, we announced a job description grader. So right oh. off the bat, you can put in your job description. It costs nothing. It's on the website, jobvite.com. You put it in, and it will point out different biases that you could have in that uh, first job posting. So, you know, right off the bat, if you don't, you don't want to get off to the wrong foot. So, uh, we're doing a lot of that and we have bias blocker and, um, yeah, it just, it's, um, the, the amount of work that our research team is doing and product, uh, on that is just fantastic. Yeah. Trish, uh, and, and, and guests and panel, uh, this is the 500th show. It is. I thought it might be fun to have a little fun at the end of the show. Oh, Not goodness. that we okay. haven't had fun so far. We have. And, and maybe this look, is a surprise. Maybe, I don't know. maybe <laughs> look back a little bit, Trish. So oh, I'm going yes. to throw you a couple questions don't you're not prepared for. No. Trish, who's been your favorite HR happy hour guest? Oh, I can't answer that. Okay. Okay, can I answer? Sure. Wait. Is it Don? It's, it's Don's high up there. <laughs> but oh, it is a former, now former, Roland Cloutier from oh, ADP. Yeah. Oh, Roland Cloutier, ADP, former Roland, ADP. former ADP and current TikTok executive, right, which I'm a huge TikTok fan for business. So I, I'll, I'll settle for second place behind to Roland. Roland, right? Like, so, he puts I mean, the fund to security. Yes, so he was, yes, he was the little he head of security, the security for ADP yeah, for a long it. time. I think, too, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of people who listen to the show, you know, we, we do think about security. We want our you know, uh, our information secure. It's very important. And so, you know, you might think, oh, this is going to be a very boring episode. It was like one of the most exciting episodes we'd ever had. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, how about you? Can I guess? Go ahead. Is it um, Sherry Turkle? Well, so that was, that's the answer to the next question, Trish, which oh, okay. is what was my favorite, or I'll ask you, what was your favorite show? It's a little bit different than favorite guest. Okay. Um, the first one that just popped in my head, and you, maybe you'll remember his name. I don't even remember his name. It's so long ago. 
the man that used to sit in the park in New York City. Yes. And he I had the jar it. where you could. Matthew um, Stillman. Matthew Stillman. Look him up if you have not heard of this. So if you man. haven't heard of this guy, this is a number of years ago. I'm not sure Matthew's still doing this, but I at think the time, he, is. No, he would sit in whole... like Washington Square Park or some park, public yes. park in New York City, and he'd set up a little table. He'd sit in a chair. There'd be another chair across this table, and he put up a sign, and the sign said, "Interesting solutions to your problems." Right. Sort of, sort of like the old Lucy psychiatric help five right. cents, and he would sit there, and people would come and sit across from him and tell him their problems, and he would try to give, or right. it was creative solutions creative to your problems, solutions. something like that. Well, and he it, was out of work, and, and he that ended was up writing a book about it, like about, about the people he met. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. And people yeah. could put in a dollar, ten dollars, whatever they could afford, because it was a time of that recession. Guy was pretty, that guy was pretty cool. He was very creative yeah. because I remember he had a creative idea. Some one of the callers wanted to know where to put a tattoo on her body. Oh, right, right. Do you remember this one? I, I remember the question. I don't remember the answer. So his answer was actually really brilliant. It was you take, like, whether it's lipstick or eyeliner or something non-permanent, you draw the tattoo that you think you want to the best of your ability on your least favorite part of your body. Right, okay. And you live with it for, like, a week. If you can live with it there... <laughs> then you'll A, know if you want that tattoo, and B, you might even like put it on your least favorite part of your body, which will now become your most favorite part of your body. Yeah, I like that. That's right? good. He okay. was very creative. Okay. That's a good question. Yeah. For me, it's still Sherry Turkle, Trish. So we had the author, some of you guys may have heard of her, Sherry Turkle. She was an MIT was professor, good. wrote a number of books. I would say almost 10 years ago, she wrote this book called Alone Together, and it was kind of really prescient. It was really kind of foreseeing how as we were getting more and more attached to technology and to our devices, we were getting more detached from each other. And she did a lot of research around kids, especially, and how much more, how they were having difficulty maintaining real-life relationships and and, and making friends in new situations because almost all of their interactions were being kind of brokered through technology. And she was talking about that in, like, 2010, right? Which, like, I mean, it was probably true then, and it's it's even more true now. And she was an awesome guest. That's probably my favorite show still. Really? Yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah. well, good. Good stuff. I have I one more that. guest, though. I want to tell one more story, can I? Okay, please. So we, had a, we used to do a lot of author shows. We don't do them as much anymore. But there was an author called Samuel Culbert. I don't know if anybody remembers him. He was a professor at UCLA. Back when, like, uh, trashing performance reviews was, was a thing okay. we were all talking about for, a, like, a long time. The Maybe performance 14. review is dead. He wrote a book called Get Rid of the Performance <laughs> Review. And, you know, the publicist sent me the book, and I read it. It's okay. It's interesting. Why not, right? Everybody was talking about that in HR at that time. I get him on the show, and he's just crusty, kind of raspy, <laughs> older guy. And so he, then he, he starts asking. He turned the tables on me. He started asking questions of me. And he said, so, Steve, who's your favorite author? And I, I'm like, I don't know. Uh, Mark Twain. I had no idea. That was a really weird question. I just made a, or, or I said, uh, you know, F. Scott Fitzgerald. I just gave a real answer. And then he says, Steve, why don't you ask me who my favorite author is? And I said, okay, uh, Professor Culbert, who's your favorite author? And he says, my favorite author is me. <laughs> <laughs> my book is amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. It absolutely was true. And I thought, man, that guy's pretty cool. I like it. Like, he didn't care. There was no more filter. We should all do that, though, right? We, we don't hype ourselves up enough. If anything, I think people just kind of backpedal, right? Yeah. I don't think Don's, wa- Don's going to leave here and be walking around like, hey, I'm pretty great, right? Well, I was just thinking he gave himself a performance review yeah. right, right there sure on did. the spot. He sure did. All right, last question before we run out of time, Trish. Oh, this is my last question for you. Oh. Who is that guest, that dream guest we need to book uh, in the next 500 shows? Who should we get? Who's out there? Who do we want? 
You ask me these things. I don't have any idea. Um, okay, so I actually, I think we should have someone from Sesame Street on. Okay, like like one of like the characters? Like one of the like main... Grover? No, not Grover. Okay, okay. I'm no. just trying to see where we're going with this. Like one of the people. I think we should have someone on who's been teaching all of us all these years how to have empathy, how to have connection, how okay. to have communication. Because I think a lot of us have grown up on Sesame Street and our children grow up on Sesame Street. So I would say, I think Karen needs to help us get someone from Sesame Street on the show. No, seriously, like to talk about... How has how have things changed since you know that started what late sixties early seventies, right? As a show, yeah. And many of us learn the way that we communicate and what's acceptable, and you know they're still teaching children today. So I think it'd be fascinating to to think about the workplace in terms of Sesame Street. That'd be really cool. I think. What that's... about you? Do you have a dream guest? We've already had Don on a number of times. Uh, <laughs> let me think about that. I'd probably go because I'm like just boring. I'd probably go like athletics. I go maybe like Jurgen Klopp, manager Who is of Liverpool. That? Oh goodness. You know, leadership, winning, motivation. Ted Lasso, Steve. Get yeah, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Oh, now there you go. I don't, Who can make that's that like happen? A, that's Ted a character, Lasso. though, right? That's not a, a real well, person. Well, uh, still, Jason Sudeikis. Well, you were going right? to have Sesame Street characters yeah. on. So. I, I, get, I don't know. I I'll go Jason Sudeikis. Karen, make that happen. Mark that down. Put that in the show notes. All right, guys. We need to wrap up. Uh, we'll start with Don. Don, folks want to just connect with either ADP or you. Where should we tell them to go? Yeah. Uh, look me up on LinkedIn, Don Weinstein, uh, ADP. Uh, we'll be there. And I'm always happy to, uh, to connect with, with anyone. Um, my true story, there was a time when I had more LinkedIn followers than my kids had, you know, instant TikTok. Nice. But then, uh... yeah, I was cool for like, Second. Are they TikTok users? Oh my God. Right? How old are they? 23, 21, and 18. Okay. They're they are that the queens perfect, of TikTok. They're the demographics, right? Okay. They, they trended once. It was like. Did they really? Wow. Once. All right. Was, we'll have to show it. All show three, three girls? They, show us they that did it together. After the oh, show. Oh, now that's actually good. So you didn't have any infighting of like one of them got like super famous for going viral and the other two were like, what are you talking about? Like. Good job. Thanks, John. Thanks so much for being here again. Mike Wood, Jobvite. How so, to connect with you? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn, Mike Wood with Jobvite, and uh, I will piggyback on the, you know, my, my kids are younger. I got a six-year-old and an almost two-year-old, and the six-year-old is just glued to YouTube, and these oh. kids playing with toys, and oh, like Ryan and his family. And the... This is kid Ryan. is Ryan's world. And I tried to tell her that Ryan is just trying to sell you things, him and his family. <laughs> And she's like, no, no, he's so fun and stuff. And I'm like, uh, he's selling you. Then I tried to convince her that he was really 35. Oh, but no. he's a, uh, Would but, you ever allow her to have a t- uh, YouTube channel now and, like, make some uh, money off this? I don't know, because then it, it just gets really weird. Um, I mean, so <laughs> the other day she comes up to me and she's like, Daddy, can I make a video with your phone? I'm like, yeah, whatever, here you go. And she's like, hi, guys. <laughs> That's uh, how right. she starts. And I'm like, no, okay. Stop. That's enough she's of this. She's already an influencer in her own mind. Yeah, no. Like the author who thought he was the greatest author, right? <laughs> yeah. I think she's he, there. He had a lot of confidence. That's uh, right. Thank you so much, Mike, for being here. Madeline, uh, tell us where to find you. LinkedIn's great. Or you can go to our new website or Twitter, Mad Tarquin. And thanks for having me on. This was super awesome. special. So great to see everybody. So and, great. Thanks for everybody for being I was, here. We, we need to let Madeline quickly say, so she has two young boys. Yes. What's the latest? What are they using? Right? We've heard TikTok. Oh. We've heard some YouTube. Do they YouTube. have a I mean, a they go-to? love YouTube. And I, this is a quick story. So during the pandemic, they love this one YouTube star 
that plays a Roblox game. So they asked me to make a cake of this Roblox character. So I made it. was like, what am I going to do? I'll make a cake. Made a cake. I posted it on Twitter. A Wall Street Journal reporter called me because Roblox, Roblox is going public and did this whole interview with the kids and me about wow. this oh game. So that was... Yeah, I was like, well, I wish they... I'm like, I also published a new research report on aptituderesearch.com. <laughs> they didn't care about conversational no, AI? No, they wanted Wait robots. you got to get the plug in there. We all have kids here. Maybe we need to go a whole different angle with, like, reaching out to this yeah. next generation, I'm, I'm, right? My six-year-old is very edgy. Yeah. Is so she? She might be a little bit too much. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll cover this all and more on our other podcast, Teenage Influencers Today. I love They'll it. be the next guest. Yeah, we'll I think that's your that. next guest. Oh, we'll have kids. all your kids on as future guests. How about yeah, that? Love it. There all right. Really great stuff. Okay. I think we're out of time, Trish. I want to we make sure are. we uh, respect our audience, respect all, the, all yes. the great folks helping us out with this recording. Thanks to the AV team. Great job. Thank you. Trish, thank you. 500 Cheers episodes of Counting. You Cheers for, No, in seriousness, for Cheers. creating such a great outlet Cheers. for people to share their views, to listen in, to feel like they're part of something bigger. Um, it's been really meaningful, not just for me being your partner, which I didn't join on until 2013, so you did it a number of years you know, yeah. as the person that started there, it. There's a divide. I talk about time before that and time after that. But and also I want to give a shout-out to Shauna Morkey, who was yeah, the, the Shana, first co-host as well, HR Minion. Cheers to Shauna. If you listen to the early episodes, she did like 100 really episodes. Fun. She probably. did. Yeah. So shout-out to Shauna. That's it from the HR Happy Hour show. Thanks so much for listening. You can find us at hrhappyhour.net. Thanks so much. Bye for now.